1: Bear down, the losing streak is over, and here's my dad to discuss it. Thank you, Brielle. I uh, I told my daughter that she could do it when Arizona uh, broke its losing streak. Thankfully, she's not 18 years old at the time of this recording. <laughs> so um, the losing streak is indeed over. Ends at 20 games with a victory over Cal. And before we get into anything, just kind of want to read some stats about what type of victory this was so the first win since a 35 to 30 win over colorado in 2019 ironically the last victory arizona had when only scoring 10 points in a game was 10 to 9 over california in 2010. 13 points in the game is the lowest scoring game the wildcats have played in since the 1992 territorial cup the first half scoreless marked arizona's defense's second first half shutout of the season the last time it added two shutout halves in a season was 2010 the 122 yards of total offense that the defense allowed was the first time under 200 yards in total offense in south carolina state in 2012 the first conference opponent since washington state in 2009 and the fewest yards allowed to anyone since idaho in 2008 uh, which was 112. 28 rushing yards for Cal, fewest allowed in a game. Uh, They surrendered 17 yards on the ground at UTEP in 2017. The fewest allowed in a conference game since giving up six rushing yards to Stanford in 2006. Uh, Limited Cal to just 94 yards through the air the third time this season. A team has finished with less than 100 passing yards. Uh, They've now accomplished the feat six times since the conference expanded in 2017 and 11. basically if you haven't figured out what i'm trying to say uh the defense won this game i don't think that there's any denying the fact that the defense don brown's defense won this game but before we get into any of that i'm going to go on a little rant for you arizona fans some of them i shouldn't say all of them but some of them are saying put an asterisk next to this nationally some people have said, oh, well, Cal this, COVID. Look, I get it. The COVID thing, it sucks. Cal was down to 44 scholarship players. Okay? I get it. Do the math. Arizona didn't have that many more either. That's offensive lineman. Donovan Lai, out with an injury. Lost two more linemen in the game. Played Leif Magnuson and Matthew Stefanski. Leif Magnuson took his first snap of his entire career. Right, Cal was playing backups on the offensive line. Those guys have taken snaps before, right? Arizona played linemen just as inexperienced, if not more inexperienced. Cal was missing its starting quarterback. Well, technically Arizona was too, because Jordan McLeod was the starting quarterback when Will Plummer took over. Also missing Gunnar Cruz. Arizona's backup quarterback was a walk-on. Cal's backup quarterback was a, a very legitimate Prospect and Kai Milner, all right? Cow was missing two linebackers. Well, Arizona was missing Treshawn Hayward. Cow was missing a defensive lineman. Well, Arizona was missing Mo Diallo, okay? These are starters for Arizona. Arizona started a walk-on at corner, okay? Arizona lost players during the game. Arizona has 40 players that didn't have another Power 5 offer besides Arizona, Vegas knew that Garbers would not play. Cal was favored by seven without Garbers. So spare me the Cal excuses. Cal was supposed to win this game. Vegas said it. People said it. It doesn't matter. Cal was missing players. It sucks. City of Berkeley screwed them over. Because I, from what I've heard, obviously those kids didn't have COVID. A lot of it is contact tracing. I get it. It sucks. I feel bad for Justin Wilcox. But spare me the excuses in the asterisks. Arizona won a football game for the first time in 20 games. And there shouldn't be any excuses or any asterisks or any buts about it. Arizona won the game with a quarterback that sliced his throwing hand open and sprained the ac joint on his throwing arm and still played through it for all we know at the time of this recording will Plummer could very much be out the utah game because you're a little bit sore when you wake up the next day and you're a little bit more sore when you wake up the day after that we'll find out from jed fish in monday's press conference how will Plummer is doing but it's probably not great if you go back and watch the post game presser and watch his interview on the pac-12 network He's not moving his arm he was hurt you have guys playing positions that they've never played before josh mccauley is a center he's out there playing tackle jt hand hasn't played that much guess what you're in on the last drive of the game and if you go back and watch that michael wiley run it was jt hands block that sealed wiley and sealed the lineman for wiley to go in there so the idea that cow is down players is crappy The idea that's why Arizona won the game is BS. Arizona won the game because it was the better team on that day. It wasn't a good football game. Don't get me wrong. It was a bad football game. But it doesn't matter. And it was funny because I was watching the Pac-12 post-game broadcast this morning because I like to rewatch the game. And Ryan Lee said, look, if we have one, you know, if we score at two yards, allow one yard, and score one point, point, we win the game, it's a great game. And that's, at the end of the day, perfectly sums it up. Arizona won a football game. Enjoy it. It is a miserable living if you are an Arizona fan and you're trying to put an asterisk on Arizona winning its first football game in 20 games. Like Enjoy your life a little bit more than that. So, with that being said, <laughs> uh, the defense for Arizona was obviously the story. Jet Fish was quick to give the defense credit. Um, they saw the opportunity to take advantage of an inexperienced quarterback. But the real thing to me was the way that they stopped the run. Cal had been running the ball, and I know that here comes the caveat oh, offensive line and all that. But Cal had been running the ball very effectively. This is a team that was playing pretty good football coming to this game and arizona took away um the run game completely and it basically said we're gonna play the run we're gonna you know play one-on-one in the passing game and if ryan glover can beat us in the passing game so be it and he couldn't he missed a few passes that actually cal could have had big plays because of the man-to-man island coverage that arizona was putting forth Um, but he missed a few plays the receivers missed a few plays in the run game for cal uh, was just not non-existent. And Cal obviously is a is a solid running team. I mean, that's really, and, and Garbers isn't, you know, bad. Obviously Garbers is a solid quarterback. He's not the best quarterback in the nation, but um, he's good enough, obviously. But you know, Cal's rushing was 24 carries for 28 yards. And Glover had negative 12. So even if you take that away, it's 24 carries for 40 yards, all right? It just wasn't going to happen. By the way, Arizona, their offensive lineman playing guys, blah, blah, blah. They had 202 yards. And 68 came from Will Plummer. 30 came on an end around from Cunningham. And 26 came from Hills. So it's not like Arizona ran the ball uh, effectively, right? It's not like Arizona dominated in the trenches either. But the difference was that, you know, Christopher Brooks, 11 carries for 31 yards, right? You take a look at what he's done this season and it generally speaking it's it's better than that right so you take a look at 83 yards oregon state 61 yards colorado 68 oregon 40 washington state you know he's had good games damian moore right six yards uh sorry six carries nine yards well again another guy you take a look at what he's done this season he had 111 yards against oregon state right? He's had 67 against Washington. He had 71 against TCU, 79 against Nevada. Uh, He has six touchdowns on the season, six carries, nine yards, right? And, and, And I get it. Again, I get it. The offensive line, all that stuff. But for Arizona to be able to do that defensively is extremely impressive. You can have a game plan and know what you want to do, But there's something to be said for you to be able to go out there and execute it. And that's exactly what this defense did. And we got to see what Arizona's defensive line looks like when it is healthy, for the most part. Mo Diallo did not play, right? A couple guys stood out. Keon Bars is obviously really good. Two and a half sacks. Um, He had the play that I think he's going to want back where he punched the cow player in the... uh, the private parts. I'm curious if the Pac 12 addresses that. I'm assuming Cal's going to send in a video um, on that play. But with that being said, um, it's, you know, when he plays, Arizona's defense is clearly better. I've been saying for a long time that I think Trevon Mason is an NFL player, and every week he shows why I say that. I think he is an NFL player. I'm not saying he's going to get drafted in the third round, but if Roy Lopez can make it in the NFL, I believe Trevon Mason can as well. Perry Shan is a dude that went from playing no snaps to being a vital part of the defensive line and looking like a very good land by the coaching staff, the previous coaching staff, right? Like He looks like a guy that is going to play um, quite a while and quite a few snaps moving forward. Jalen Harris has been great. He is as fast as a defensive lineman gets. Um, He is playing an insane amount of snaps, probably too many but when he's good, he's good, and you can't really take him out of there, um, and he's played great. Really, the whole defense played great, and the passing game, it's hard to judge the secondary. I get it because of Glover, but hey, no one was open, right? They still shut down that part of the game. It's easier said than done to dominate a offense the way that Arizona's defense dominated Cal's offense, but it happened, so you got to credit uh, the defensive players with doing so, and you take a look at that game, and really, I mean, I think the last series by Cal kind of sums it up. Don Brown said, we're bringing everyone. There's nothing Cal can do about it. Um, the last play of the game, Jalen Harris was held um, pretty badly. The ref didn't call it, and still went up pressuring and, and making the play happen, right? So Arizona's defense clearly did what it needed to do. The offense, different story. Like, we're here making excuses. I'm going back to this. We're here making excuses for Cal on offense, but we're not doing the same thing for Arizona, at least from a national perspective. But the Arizona offense struggled because it was using guys that had never played before, right? Uh, Magnuson is, you know, first snap of his career coming against a a legit game against California. Matthew Stefanski goes in as a backup, gets injured, and goes down. Woody Jean was next in line. You have to move your centers around. You have to play JT Hand, Josh McCauley. I mean, this dude has played every position on the offensive line. Oh yeah, and you're missing your best offensive lineman in Donovan Ly. Jordan Morgan goes down at one point. Josh Donovan played hurt. He went down at one point, but came back in the game. All right, the offensive line was not very good, especially with passing. People wondered why Arizona didn't take more shots. There was no chance for them to take more shots. That requires time for the play to develop. And the passing block, the pass blocking was not allowing that to happen. But the run blocking was good enough for Arizona to get that last scoring drive and, uh, and basically keep Will Plummer alive. Because there were times where, you know, shout out Will Plummer, if he didn't go back in the game, I don't think anyone would have blamed him. He was getting pummeled. He went back to the locker room a few times. You saw him not move his arm. You said, oh, he's done. He gets a cut on his throwing hand. You say, oh, he's done. And again, like I said, that dude must be so sore and getting a ton of treatment on Sunday, he's going to get a ton of treatment on Monday. And Jed Fish said after the game, we have to assess what practice is going to look like for Will Plummer. You know, and I, I'm of the opinion Utah is an extremely difficult team to beat or even stay in the game. If Plummer has any questions, you rest them. Because let's be honest, Arizona's not beating Utah. Will Plummer is not the difference between winning and losing against Utah. He could be the difference between winning and losing against Washington State and ASU. So you kind of got to look big picture as much as we win over Utah would do for your program. It's still extremely unrealistic with Will Plummer at quarterback or whoever at quarterback because Utah's just simply the better overall football team. So that is a decision where, you know, if Plummer can't practice for half the week. Do you just kind of put Ashworth out there, let him get the one reps, go like Jamari play quarterback, whatever it may be. And, uh, and try to get out of there safe, safe, and healthy. It is going to be a very interesting decision for Jed Fish. Will Plummer's stats will not jump out at you. They're not extremely impressive. But that kid did more for his stature on campus, his stature within the program, than any game that he's played for Arizona. Uh, He played well against USC, but you would see people saying that they were more impressed by this game because of the way that he was just getting pummeled. There is something to say for a football player at the quarterback position, at any position, but especially the quarterback position, for being as tough as Plummer was. And it goes beyond the numbers. His running, when you think about it, he was running with one arm to the point where, you know, you're saying to yourself, dude, get down. And he got down most of the times, but he took some hits and he got back up and stayed in the game. And again, it wouldn't have been an issue if he got hit and said, I can't do this anymore. I don't think anyone would have blamed him. But he stayed in there. He went. He did the interviews with Pac-12. He did interviews with us after the game. He didn't need to. He could have been getting treatment. Just a super impressive effort by Will Plummer. All right. There's more to say that goes beyond the stats. There's the whole gamer thing, whatever you want to call it. He is a tough dude. Also on offense, it is pretty apparent that the offensive MVP award is wrapped up. It's been wrapped up for weeks. You can make an argument to me, and I watch a lot of college football. I'm not sure that – I think if Arizona's offense was better, it, it would be getting more attention. But I'm not sure there's a more valuable player to an offense beyond the quarterback position than Stanley Berryhill is valuable to Arizona. Right? Right? This dude does it all. He was the gunner on the biggest punt of the game. He had the punt return at the end of the game to set up the scoring drive. He is the best receiver on the team. He does everything. He does it with a smile on his face. His teammates love him. Great kid. Another kid that stuck through it came back to Arizona after originally entering the portal to give this new coaching staff a chance. And um, just a really, every game is, I mean, his usage rate is as high as it gets in the conference. You know, it's probably top 10 in the nation. Uh, his usage rate is pretty darn impressive. And, um, you know, they're they're trying to get him the ball in every way, shape, and form possible. They're doing a pretty good job at it. And the Cal game was another example where, you know, he, he was just impressive, right? Like, he was used in a variety of ways, and, you know, whether it's special teams or offense, and shoot, it almost feels like you could put him at safety and he would succeed there. But... Um, extremely impressive. The only touchdown of the game was scored by Michael Wiley. And I think it's pretty fitting because he's another guy. He stuck with Arizona. Um, you know, Drake Anderson beat him out at one point. He had the fumble issues early in the season where he got kind of fell a little bit in the depth chart. Jalen John, Rocker, those guys getting carries. But when it came time to to get the touchdown, the coaching staff chose Michael Wiley and he succeeded. And he's one of these guys that was recruited by the previous staff, again, was through some tough times, but stuck with Arizona. And so he was one of those guys where it's kind of cool to see, um, you know, him getting that last touchdown and the excitement and all that. So really, you know, it's, it wasn't a fun game to watch. Like when you're watching it, you're not going, oh man, this game is awesome. No, you're saying this is one of the worst games. I, I turned to someone in the media box and said, what's the worst game we've seen in the stadium? Like competitive worst games and, we came up with that TCU Arizona, I think it was 13-9 to nine in overtime or something years ago. Uh, that was pretty bad, but um, this one obviously wasn't an entertaining game until that last drive and until the final score. Uh, no one's going to put this in the, the Louvre or anything like that, right? <laughs> but uh, Arizona won the game. And what does this do for the program moving forward? You know, Arizona is not going to be ranked next season, but the biggest thing that it does is – and I said this to Christian Young. I said, look, every time we talk to you dudes, uh, every time we talk to you guys, it's losing streak, losing streak, losing streak. And, and it's, you know, that's what the focus is. This is it. Like, this week you're going to be asked about breaking the losing streak, and then it's going to be asked more about the game as opposed to the when are you guys going to move. And each guy we talked to said it is a monkey off our back. And Jed Fish said, you guys don't get it. Like, every time you lose... That pressure gets worse because everyone is asking you, when are you gonna get that first win? When are you gonna get that first win? And that means something because a lot of us thought that Arizona wouldn't get that win when you look at the schedule. And then you go in the next season and the out of conferences: Mississippi State, North Dakota State, San Diego State, a lot of states. Um, but uh, it, it's like, man, there's there's no guarantees in that one either. And then you're going in the conference. Who knows, right? And so one win isn't going to save a coach's job or anything like that. You know, you're not going to, if Jetfish loses next season, he's going to lose next season and there's going to be repercussions. But what it does is it takes away from the pressure of the overall program. And if Arizona can somehow find a way to win one more game and end this season two and two, right? Man, that's, that's something you could point to when you're, when you're recruiting the community. You say, look, we, we turn things around. Right? And once I get some of my guys in here and, and we hit the direction and we hit the recruiting trail, watch. And it is more believable when you're able to win one or two football games than when you were able to win zero football games. Because when you don't win any football games, there's nothing to point to. It's all BS to, to a lot of people. We're going to turn things around. It's like, well, yeah, wait, show me it. Prove it. I don't believe you. Well, now you can kind of believe it. Like, look, look what we did. We beat this team. We didn't go winless. And then if you win another game this season, now your message becomes even stronger. So again, yeah, it is one win. Arizona is still a one win football team. But when you have watched Arizona, cheered for Arizona, some of you stopped cheering for Arizona, one win goes a very long way. It has been over two years since I have recorded a podcast for a winning football team if you are an arizona football fan it has been over two years that you saw arizona football win a game that is insane and so arizona fans deserve it the football team and program deserve to celebrate i saw some people questioning whether or not they should rush the field give me a break they should set the field on fire (laughs) probably not i don't want to go to jail but uh they should have absolutely celebrated and i said after the game that every senior should have been trotted out for an interview because those guys have been through hell. None of those dudes signed up for the experience that they were given by a previous coaching staff that didn't care about them at all. And you can ask those kids because they'll tell you the same exact thing. That's not me throwing shade on Kevin Sumlin. That is the view that they have, that they went from a coaching staff that didn't care about him to a coaching staff that only cares about him and there's a very big difference when stanley Berryhill hill turns to jed fish and gives him a game ball it's not bs it is meaningful and i don't know if jed fish is the guy for the job we're going to find out one win is very likely not to change anyone's opinion and i completely get that and there's still plenty to be seen it is only one win but it is a heck of a win it deserves to be celebrated and arizona deserves credit for it so once again i'm jason sheer wildcat authority this has been the Wildcat Scoot Podcast, and enjoy your week as an Arizona fan coming off an Arizona football win. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.